Today, we'll see God use dreams to take Joseph from a lowly prison to an audience with Pharaoh. God's plan for Joseph is beginning to take shape on The Bible Brief. Joseph is in prison. From favorite son to falsely accused. From servant of his father to slave of an Egyptian. From enrobed in color to derobed in shame. What are we to make of Joseph's situation? What would you think if you were in a situation like him? For the last few years of your life, your status has been going steadily downward. You try to do the right things, you do your best at work, and yet bad things keep happening. Maybe it's not a stretch to say that most of us might think that God had abandoned us. It's almost certain that other people would say that God had abandoned us. They might say, where is your God? Why doesn't your God save you if he's so good? Why is your life so bad? The Bible can help our perspective on this. Because despite Joseph's situation, it says that God was with Joseph. And as we explore the next years of Joseph's life, we'll see exactly why God has put Joseph in the situation he's in right now. Now, Joseph isn't just in any prison. He's in a special prison, the prison where the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, keeps his prisoners. And it's upon this fact that the Joseph story continues to develop. Because soon, Pharaoh sends a few of his servants into the prison to serve some time. Apparently, something had happened with Pharaoh's food because he sends the two people most likely involved, his cupbearer and his baker. And it's with these two that dreams re-enter the story in the life of Joseph. On the same night, both the cupbearer and the baker have dreams. Let's read in Genesis chapter 40. One night, they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers, who were with him in custody in his master's house, Why are your faces downcast today? And they said to him, We have had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. Now Joseph notices that the two men's faces seem perturbed. They want to know the meaning of their dreams, but there's no one around to tell them. Joseph, however, knows of one who can provide the interpretation. So the cupbearer proceeds to tell him his dream. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me. And on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly, when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it's well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, 
and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. Now after hearing Joseph, put yourself in these guys' shoes. This stranger from among the Hebrews is in prison, says he's innocent, asks you about your dreams, and then says that his God will provide the interpretation. Maybe they thought, couldn't hurt anything to hear what he has to say. But it may be that after they heard his interpretations, the cupbearer is hoping it'll come true, while the baker certainly isn't. And soon, they find out. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. The baker's worst fears were realized, and the cupbearer was returned to his former post. It was just a brief interaction there in the prison with Joseph, but the interaction would come to have unforeseen effects, just not yet. Because as we read, the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. And he continues to forget for weeks that turn into months, that turn into years. He forgets until an important person begins to dream as well. After two whole years, Pharaoh had a dream. So in the morning, Pharaoh's spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, and as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. You can tell in this moment that the cupbearer feels guilty having forgotten about Joseph. Perhaps he remembered Joseph even claiming his innocence, and yet the cupbearer had done nothing for Joseph. He was next to the most powerful person in the nation, but he'd done nothing for two years. Nothing until today. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Note here just briefly that Joseph makes it clear that it's not in his power to provide the interpretation, but rather it's God. It might be worth pondering that the interpreter of the dreams is also the giver of them. In God's watch over Joseph, 
He's been using these dreams to change things for Joseph. In some ways, just as dreams got Joseph to Egypt in the first place, remember he'd had dreams about ruling over his brothers. Well, now with Pharaoh's dreams, Joseph's given an opportunity to show the faithfulness and wisdom of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile River. Seven cows, plump and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows. But when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as at the beginning. Then I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears of grain growing on one stalk, full and good. Seven ears, withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind, sprouted after them, and the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. And I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears of grain blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. Through Joseph, God has given Pharaoh a picture of the future of his kingdom, a glorious seven years of plentiful harvest, followed by devastating years with famine in the land. These two seven-year periods will have consequential effects on the future of the world. Because it's not just Egypt that will be affected. As we'll come to see, the famine spreads all the way to a land that we know, the land of Canaan. But the interpretation is not all that Joseph provides. He also provides advice. Joseph says this to Pharaoh, Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land, and take one-fifth of all the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those years that are coming, and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. Joseph's proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this, and whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand, and put it on Joseph's hand, and clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot.
and they called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. God has made dreams alter the life of Joseph. At 17 years old, he had had dreams of leadership and grandeur. At 28 years old, God allowed him to interpret the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. And now at 30 years old, Joseph interprets these two dreams for Pharaoh. God has used these dreams to take Joseph from the favorite son of his father down to Egypt as a slave in prison, but finally up from the prison to prime minister of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself. The seed that God planted in Egypt is beginning to bear fruit. Join us next time as we see the seven years of plenty turn into a devastating famine. A famine extending all the way to that land, all the way to that family, all the way to some long estranged brothers. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023.